Hi, this is Joel Bogus, one half of the Relaunch Show broadcast team, and you are listening to my buddy Jeff Smith. Vroom, vroom, beer. Yay. That was awesome. Is <laughs> that okay? No, that was the best. I like the way you did vroom, vroom, beer. <laughs> well, Let me do done. it one more time. Okay, more time. go for it. Hi, this is Joel Bogus. Hi, this is Joel Bogus, one half of the broadcast team of the Relaunch Show. And you are listening to my buddy, Jeff Smith, and Vroom Vroom Veer. Well done, sir. Thank you. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Sam Gaylord, thank you so much for being here on Vroom Vroom Veer, and welcome to the show. Terrific, Jeff. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your invitation, and I'm uh, I'm happy to be here tonight. And we are officially recording. This is take two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sam Gaylord is an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a podcaster, and you can find out more about that side of his life. Oh, well, we should get to the he practices law by day, <laughs> representing injured workers, and then at night he's got uh, he helps other lawyers with podcast. So yes. the business, um, the the law practice is at GaylordPop.com, right? Yep. And talk a little bit about what you're doing with your podcast, helping other lawyers. Sure. So the podcast is uh, the Law Practice Doctor, and it really comes out of my own desire to try and help other solo and small law firms succeed by providing the easiest and most practical solutions to grow a practice and still have a life and nice. to try yeah and to try and and to try and basically provide information and my experiences uh, to other attorneys so that uh, you know when they're out there sometimes there's just this void you know you think you're all out there on your own and to provide a voice where somebody can listen to an episode and say wow if I took this particular one small step I might be able to help myself in this way or I might be able to you know turn away from the pitfall I'm about to walk into things of that nature so it's really designed my own design in the sense of wanting to help other other attorneys you know succeed and um, to also enjoy the practice of law. I'm lucky in the sense that I find myself uh, in the position of really enjoying what I do every single day, um, the law that I practice, the people that I help. So I'm trying to do the things that I can to make sure that that kind of um, enthusiasm uh, is sort of spread through other attorneys. Yeah. And you're helping with the, the nuts and bolts of running the business of having a law firm. That's right. Yeah. That's right, which is absolutely something that is not taught in law school. Yeah, it's like a whole nother thing. You got to, you know, wrap your brain around once you want to go out on your own. Yep. Yeah. So that's very valuable. Good on you. So thank you. This is Room Vroom Veer. And on Room Vroom Veer, we, we go back in time and talk about your life yes. and those big life transitions where you're zooming along, everything seems rosy and everything's great. And then. Something happens, and yes. you've got a 
fork in the road and you got to make a decision and you might crash sometimes. So <laughs> been plenty let, of those. <laughs> let's go back to say little Sam in high school. Okay. Uh, what sort of person did, did you, what kind of, well, I like this question. What, what, who did you hang out with? What kind of click were you part of or not? So Perfect. Much? Yeah. Nope. I was absolutely a band geek. <laughs> I love it. All right. I yep. was a theater geek. There you go. I play, I, and I still do. I still play trumpet and, uh, and I was in the marching band, the concert band, the jazz band, always in the band room. That's great. You know, yep. and I did, uh, I did choir too. Okay. So, you know, I think I probably got beat up a little bit more often than you. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> My that's goodness. true. I, I have to say that's probably true. <laughs> the only thing that helped me was I had a bigger brother in high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that helped a lot. So nice. I was, uh, he was three years older than me. Okay. Um, so when I got to my freshman year, he was a senior. There you so go. I was pretty safe my, so my freshman covered. year. <laughs> Thankfully, right. only he wanted to beat on me. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what was it like being a band nerd in, in high school? I mean, um, right. yeah. Get into well, that I a mean, little bit. Sure, absolutely. I mean, well, th so the the whole, the greatest part of, at least for me anyways, the greatest part of the story is that, so we, I, I define myself as sort of a mutt of the New England coastline. Uh, we moved around a lot uh, based on what my father's business was. So we were constantly going from place to place, probably moving on average every two years or so. Um, so oh, that's a lot of moving. It was a lot of moving. And so I... So I actually got to play the role of freshman twice because – not because I get held back, but when I was in ninth grade, uh, we were living in New Jersey and uh, it was a four-year high school. And then we moved after my freshman year to Massachusetts and that was a three-year high school. So I got to play freshman even though I was a sophomore. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we moved again my junior year. So, so it was three high schools in three years. And, um, and so the band for me was sort of that one That's the nice, yeah. exactly. Because, you know, you showed up and it was great because we would move, it would move in the summer, we'd show up and band camp was always before school started. So even though you're in a <laughs> new environment, well, right? Exactly. There you go. You have to say it. Right? <laughs> I had to say it. One Sorry. time when I was in band camp, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody should know the show, right? That's right. Uh, I don't remember what the show, oh, that's American Pie. Right. That's exactly right. There you go. Okay. So, you can't say uh, the next line, but no, definitely no. not. Uh, <laughs> it's a G-rated podcast. It, well, not really, but no, right, yeah, it's okay. On um, you, you know, I don't. Yeah, right, right. If you want to, go ahead. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Everybody knows it. Anyway. Everybody knows it. I don't have to go there. So, uh, but you know, so the so for me, the the consistency was you would get to a new place and you would have uh, you'd at least have the acquaintances. So that way, when you walked into the school when for school sure. started, yeah. you at least had some facial recognition, and you know, you you started. Making some friends. So. Now, did you know some of these kids from these other towns too, from your from your band travels? Uh, no, 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 no. Because we were no. moving. No, they were no. all different states. Okay, and there's right. no interaction. No, it was a new. It was a new start. And but, it was you know, great. Still, they, they, you have a built-in group kind yes. of thing, right? Absolutely, right. Absolutely. And that was the and that's that's that was the consistent uh, the consistency, even yeah. though it was a complete inconsistency in moving so many times. <laughs> that is rough. Moving yeah. as uh, three times in high school. Yikes. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, but you know, and, and it, 
it, it, looking back on it, you say, well, that was, and it was, but the reality was for me, it was the, one of the greatest experiences because, you know, you go to college and that was nothing. I mean, for me, That's that true. was, right. yeah, then was everything's the same. It's a little boring. Right. Four <laughs> years in the same spot. I was right. like, wow, this is the longest I've lived anywhere. Uh, you know, <laughs> you might as well get used to it right away. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the transition, that transition for me was exceptionally, exceptionally easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So now you're a band geek. Did you continue banding when you went to college? It, it, I multiplied it out. I absolutely, not only did I continue, but so I went to Syracuse for undergrad. Okay. And, uh, still That's to cool. this day, bleed orange. Absolutely. Right. And when I was in school, the Syracuse still, but then had a huge, obviously basketball, we were big East. Mm. And so not only did I do marching band and in my four years went to four bowl games, but then wound up, oh yeah, wound up doing the pep band and I did uh, four big East tournaments. I did four NCAA tournaments. We were all over the place. It was fantastic. That's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, you know, and so, so, and then, and then worked my way through both of those to the point where I was in charge of the, it was called the Sour Citrus Society, which was the basketball pep band. So I was the chairman my junior and senior year. So you're kind of like, uh, getting some leadership. Leadership. And I was the absolute, you know, so if you got band geek, you multiply that by 10. And I, was the, I was the lead You were like band. the, you were the Eagle Scout. I was the Eagle Scout of band geeks. You betcha. That's oh, exactly right. Sorry, Eagle Scouts. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mean it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. It's amazing that you get to yes. be Eagle Scout. But we're, we're, right. we're, we're bashing uh, Sam now. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> He's all king, about me. King, he was like 10x nerd. 10x nerd. You couldn't get and you couldn't get any bigger, <laughs> bigger geek than I was. So, uh, but it was a great experience because you got to deal with, you know, we were, it was probably about uh, 130, 140 kids. So you're in charge of not only peers, but you're not only working with the band program and the band leadership, but you're also then dealing with the college because it was a, even though it was through the band program, it was actually a student run organization. So we were actually a representative of the college. So we were, we were right. actually, as the chairperson, not only were we interacting with the, the band department, but we were also directly interacting with the university. So it was good. So what was it like doing all the travel? Were you guys in buses? Uh, sometimes, well, anytime we would go down to the Big East tournament down in Madison Square Garden, that was always by bus. Okay. And then, um, but uh, there were several times where uh, they would put us on a charter flight, uh, either with the basketball team or the football team. Like uh, my freshman year, freshman year, they went to, uh, we were in the Sugar Bowl. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the Sugar Bowl with uh, Auburn. And, uh, and um, so that's a so big deal. That's big a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> big deal. It was wow. big time. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. And That's uh, yeah, a little, every, anybody who remembers back in the early days, it was Don McPherson and Coach McPherson. And uh, Pat Dye was the coach for the Auburn Tigers and went for the field goal to tie the bowl game instead of going for the win. So Syracuse sent him 10,000 ties um, when the game was <laughs> over. As a, as a thank you. <laughs> back then, and back then they didn't go to overtime. It was it, it was, was just it just ended four in quarters. The tie. It's over, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was like sort of okay, great. We've come yeah, all we, this way to New Orleans, and and you've just kissed your sister. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, you know, yeah. football is just should not have ties, right? right? 
Exactly. I know lots of other sports are very handshaky and nice, but football mm-hmm. is one of those that I agree that a tie just feels just wrong. It was, it was totally empty. It yeah, was just, it just feels wrong. Did yep. we lose? No. Did we win? No. Why right. even show up? <laughs> why? Right. So why fly to New Orleans? Right. Yeah. And go through all the other things. Right? Now I have to say I did uh, something similar, but slightly. I don't know if it's less geeky or more geeky, but. When I was in seventh grade, I think it was, I did. Uh, I was the manager, one of the managers for the basketball team. Okay. So that meant that, you know, okay, yeah, you, you like, you have to carry around the equipment. But mm-hmm. the main mm-hmm. thing that we did was we did the book, you know, okay. for the right, stats, right, sure. the stat book. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but that meant that we got to ride the bus. Right. And we got to go to all the different games, and and I learned how what basketball was, <laughs> how to watch and how to keep right. track and how to write down things. And mm-hmm. That was fascinating to me because it's like now that's pretty geeky. Yeah, but that's but see that see what that's all fine and good, but the reality is, is if you're that guy, you're sitting on the court. You got some of the best seats in the house. That's true. I did. Okay. I did have really good seats. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And you know I when we a lot would go basketball, <laughs> right? And when we so when we would go Big East, we're sitting there. I mean, you're in Madison Square Garden. I'm not five feet from the court, you know, because they stick you right down by courtside. So it, it was, you know, I mean, you just couldn't beat couldn't beat the experience. You know, and the thing is now, like when I watch basketball, I've reverted now. So mm-hmm. it's all just when I watched those four quarters, and I was like very intensely focused on what number was doing what <laughs> sure 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 those quarters just flew by and now yeah. i watch and i'm like uh is this are they still playing <laughs> right isn't it over yet isn't it over who cares right. you know right. anyway yep it's it's different with the nba and when it's your school i think well a, a yeah. big time oh i couldn't agree right. with you i mean my my you know to this day the first and second day of the ncaa tournament i just take the afternoons off because yeah some I'm of just, those smaller I'm, schools are just sure. so fun to watch such a college junkie such a college yeah. basketball junkie absolutely that's about the only time i watch and not yeah. n- not towards the end either because then it's all the big you know expected right. teams but exactly. like what you said like the first the first couple of rounds are yep. just amazing. Yep. Yeah. Way too much fun. Yeah. And you see like actual strategy. You yeah. Know, and defense. <laughs> yeah. Strategy, defense, right. It's not about the, it's not the just who's a, got the big blue chip uh, athletes right, and whatnot. Right, yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. These guys are putting on their show now. Oh, crap. Correct. correct. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. So, what did, so obviously you were pre law, right? In college. Well, in college, I was back then. So, right. So when I went to college, I was actually sort of that strange guy that uh, said, you know, I actually felt I always knew what I wanted to do. So when I went to college, I was, you know, again, super nerd. So I did not one major, but double majored and did both history and political science because at the time, those were the two majors that law schools, percentage wise, those were the majors that law schools were, you know, accepting. Really? Okay. So, so was I got, this before they did pre-law or just pre-law was sort of looked down upon? No, there, I, I don't know if it was looked down upon, but it really wasn't offered sort of as a, as a major. Oh, okay. So it wasn't in, around yet. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, um, yeah. And so uh, I was in the honors program and I did a senior thesis. I mean, I was just a total, total geek. Academic nerd. Sure. Absolutely. Why not? You Why know? not? You know, uh, go whole hog. If you're going to be uh, a nerd, embrace listen. it. Listen. 
Listen, you know, and it was funny because it, you know, I, my daughters don't believe me, but my wife confirms that because she was at Syracuse, uh, that's where she and I met. And, um, at, you know, my freshman year, I, I sat in my dorm on Fridays and I actually studied and did stuff, you know, and, and you know, I did yeah. very well. Of Sophomore course. year, not as well, because I found that there were other entertainments on Friday nights. But <laughs> there yeah. were other things happening with red there cups were. and beer. There were. Exactly. <laughs> the solo cup, right? right. You know, <laughs> so, uh, well, it, it was for me too, because I'm, I am, so because we moved around so often in high school um, and you had the different cutoff ages in terms of what grade you would be in. So I was always the youngest kid in the class because my birthday is not till the end of November. So okay. when I started high school, I was in a system, we were in uh, New Jersey. So it was an earlier system. So I got in at that age. So, so because of that, when I went to college, I was still only 17 years old. So even though I had a student ID, my license, I wasn't 18 until I hit the end of November of mm. that freshman year. So yeah, they'd see the student ID, but they asked for your license and I wasn't 18. So I couldn't even go into the bar. Oh, so, oh yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so we that's figured good. it out. There's plenty yeah. of parties. There was plenty. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I had plenty of buddies who were joining fraternities and I didn't do that part. So I would just go to their parties as their guest. It worked out just fine. My air quote college days were sort of like in Japan because I was in the air force. Yeah. Okay. Right. I know. Right. So, you know, I graduate high school and then in between, so I graduate high school, joined that delayed enlistment program. Okay. So then from June until December, I'm just have nothing to do uh, <laughs> until I go away and, you know, become, you know, Air Force Ranger or whatever you want to call it. And right. uh, so there I, I worked, I worked with my high school for a little while. I okay. was like a teacher's aide. But oh. anyway, <laughs> what I was trying to get at was my uh, my solo cup partying days were in Japan. And thankfully, they, you know, the status of forces agreement with America and Japan just said, meh, you can drink wherever you are in Japan. We don't oh, really perfect. care how old you are. <laughs> right. Bonus. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, the, I only had trouble before um, um, while I was still transitioning to get there mm -hmm. to that first assignment gotcha. uh, i was in where the heck was i i was in mississippi for some training oh, and Biloxi. yes yeah yeah keesler yep. <laughs> and i was not old enough to drink off base but i was old enough to drink on base it was that sort of situation there you go but there they only go. gave us that three two beer right know, right <laughs> which is probably a really good idea <laughs> yeah right 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 <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So moving on, what was your, uh, what was your first job say out of college? Oh, wait a minute now. Uh, you have to go to law school first, right? I had to go to law school. Yes. And how long did law school take? Three years. I, okay. I was the, you know, you go, I went right from, right from college. Rolled right in. Rolled right in, uh, did my three years. And so during law school, I was, you know, I was working, I would, I would bartend on the weekends and I was doing different, uh, either an internship or I'd find a different job or I was yeah, constantly get doing out there. Right, Yeah, right. exactly. Constantly. And, and also trying to figure out what, uh, area of law would interest me. What would I, you know, what would I find interesting what and, and specialize in? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so law school was, you know, law school was fine. It, the, you know, I, I actually, 
the greatest thing about law school was that um, between my first year and second year that summer, uh, they had a, I went to Seton Hall in New Jersey. So they had a summer program where you could go to Parma, Italy for eight weeks and they took you to different cities where you could take like courses, air quote. And um, <laughs> so, we, yeah, we were in class for four days of the week. I think it was three hours a day and you had to write some sort of paper and, you know, it was pretty much you get, you get an A for that and you get four or five credits towards your uh, law school transcript. And wow. uh, meanwhile, you get to uh, basically backpack around Europe. So that sounds um, like a blast. <laughs> oh my God. And I, you know, and it was one of those things. So I, and, it, what and part I remember of Italy so, is, is Parma. Is that the, so south? that's no, that's Northern. Okay. And then, so what they did is they 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 start the you started we met and started the program actually in Milan. So we Ooh. had uh, uh, yeah. So it was really super nice. And then from Milan we went and uh, we did. Um, it was I remember it was the 500 year of Columbus. And so the second was right outside of where Columbus uh, was sailing out of in, in Italy. Okay. And then, and then the uh, final three or four weeks was in Parma. So we were sort of headed southwardly. And then when the program was over, um, I didn't, I wasn't flying out for another two weeks. So I just <laughs> kept on going south and went to Rome and then went to, uh, went to uh, Greece. I went to Corfu and, Ooh, cool. uh, Oh, man, that and let me tell you, so that, the, the greatest thing is so all summer long, you know, you, you get the three day weekend. So we would go to either Venice or we'd go to, mm. uh, you know, you get on the, you know, you get the Euro rail pass. So you're jumping on the train, you jump yeah. on the train Friday morning, boom, you're, you're wherever you want to be. And, and, uh, and, you're uh, oh, it was so much fun. Oh my God. So, and then, and then of course, every, everybody you're in the train station. So you got all these backpackers and you just start talking to each other and everybody's coming back with these tans and they're like, well, where were you? Where were you? Oh, we were at the pink palace in Corfu in Greece. I'm like, Hmm, that sounds like a <laughs> lot of fun. And I see a lot of people coming back with that kind of tan. So. What, what sort of folks, uh, did you, did you find in Corfu? Cause I know uh, Crete was, was really big with, uh, Australians. What'd you say? Uh, a lot of, no, actually, it's just I, basically I, Greeks. No, interestingly oh. enough, because uh, so Corfu is on the western side of Greece. Okay. It's the furthest island to the to the west, and uh, no, a lot of a lot of European, but it was a lot of um, like uh, college, post college, um, mm. kid adults, mm -hmm. uh, and it was you know it was just partying. For, yeah, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks got you the twenty bucks got you a cot, breakfast, and lunch. <laughs> wow! Now, right? <laughs> so, right? And wow. the, but the best. And and when you arrive, you get shot of uzo. So you start the morning off right. right you get off right. the boat. You get your shot of uzo. Twenty bucks got you the cot and the uh, breakfast and lunch. Never made breakfast. Mm. Sometimes made lunch. And, uh, you know, you're going, I was only going to stay for three days. And, and a week later, I'm like, oh, I got to start planning on, on leaving. You know? <laughs> and every morning you just show up and say, here's my 20 bucks. I'd like to stay again. So okay, you, no didn't, you never made it to Crete? No, no never I, left. Never left Corfu. <laughs> I heard stories. I never made it to Crete or Greece. I know mm. I'm bummed, but uh, I heard stories. Great, great, really fun party stories from. Is that right? There was, um, uh, what was it? Why? Okay. Oh. The, uh, my first Air Force assignment, they there was like a sister unit okay. in Crete. So right. there was only, there's very few sort of like locations that, that had uh, that sort of specialty mm -hmm. that, you know, my 
unit was involved in, basically. So Crete was one of the locations. And, you know, so a lot of the folks that I was working with had shirts from Crete. And I'm like, what's Crete? And they're like, ah, it's this island off Greece. It's amazing. You have to go. We're saving up. We, you know, and I'm like, uh, and they're like, we're all in northern Japan where it snows, you know, and if, (laughs) (laughs) right. So it's like the opposite of Crete, you know, yes. if you yes. want to, if you want to have fun, it's like, uh, it was fun, but you had to learn to really like camping and, uh, snow skiing. Right. 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 So, and that's a little bit harder. <laughs> you know, everybody can right. go and enjoy, uh, you know, naked foreigners. And I was going to say everybody can go, right. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> could jump in the ocean. That's really not too exactly. different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever make it to Salzburg or that area, the sound of music tour area? We, you know, it's interesting. So on the way back, on the way back from Corfu, because I, I was actually flying out of Paris. So on the way back, what I did was, it, it, it's actually a really good story. So, so um, my dad and I had uh, a relationship where uh, more along the lines, by the time I got out of college and m- much more in law school, um, he and I were at the point where, you know, you, you'd bust each other's balls, you know, pretty good. Good. And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was great. So I remember, so I'm, so the last day I'm leaving and, and I'm in Corfu and I'm, I, I went uh, water skiing in Corfu and I remember leaving, getting on the boat and getting on the train and working my way back up towards Paris and getting to a place where you could either keep going towards Paris or I could go to Zermatt. And uh, so I remember it being like four in the morning in Italy and I call home and he picks up the phone and uh, I said, uh, he's like, hey, you know, it's kind of early in the morning over there. I said, oh, yeah, I've been traveling. I said, I just wanted to give you a call. I just want to let you know I was water skiing in the Aegean yesterday and I'm going to be snow skiing in Zermatt about three or four hours. You know, phone, click. You just hung up on <laughs> It's priceless. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, you know, Aren't so those I the went best up, phone calls. Oh, uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. It was great. But it's funny because, you know, fast forward, um, he is, uh, so let's see, I start the 95. So he, he, the winter, early winter of 96, uh, calls me and uh, lets me know, uh, that he's at the top of Vale and he's about to go down for the first run of the day. Nobody's <laughs> out there. I, I provided and, the and same. And you were in New Jersey? I was in New Jersey working uh, at my first job. So right. I'm like, I hung uh, up quick. Yeah, I yeah. clicked on him. So it was, <laughs> it was definitely a touche. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, we we spent. Uh, let's see here. My Europe time. Um, we were. I was stationed in England, and um, so you know they had that uh, Ryanair, which was like super cheap tickets. They would like advertise on the internet. It was like one of the first internet based airlines over there in Europe, and they would sell tickets for one p. That's like a penny. All you had to pay for was like 30 pounds for like licensing and taxes and all that stuff. And you could go from England, you know, not very far from the base, um, to wherever they were going. You know, you could be in Germany, you could be in, uh, Bruges or, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah, Yeah. we did a lot of like, um, driving trips and bus trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we flew, like I said, we flew and did, uh, Salzburg and Munich. That was great. Yeah. Uh, we went to Rome, but we went to Rome like when it was way too hot, like in August. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Rome's yeah. great though. 
Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. With oh, those yeah. guys running around, uh, uh, running away from the police with their tables that collapse. <laughs> you remember those yeah. guys? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. The, and, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny because I did the same. You know, we did this. I did the same. I went with two. So with the program ends and I'm headed towards Corfu and we go via Rome. Yeah. So we're down there for two days and we were going to stay three or four days in Rome. And I'm like, it's like, you know, a thousand degrees. We're it staying is, in some room that's got a yeah. fan that's blowing the hot air. You know, you know, I'm like. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah. If I'm going to be this hot, I might as well be right next to the ocean. Amen. So we spent two days. We did, you know, we did the, the big two things. We, we saw the Colosseum and we went to Vatican City. Mm, um, yeah. Got to uh, do that. Absolutely. Right? Even though it, it turns out to be kind of crappy. But well, and back then, it, you know, it's interesting because back then they still hadn't redone the Sistine Chapel. Oh, and so you couldn't even go through it yet? You could go through it because they actually hadn't even started the reclamation project. Okay. And I remember just looking at it and thinking, wow, it's really, you know, it's, it's dark. It was, it was sort of dreary and it, it just didn't, you know, provide anything. I remember fast forward years later, my wife and I, we went on an Italy trip before we had kids and we went back and, and they had redone it. And really? Walk oh, they in, did a oh, restoration? Yeah. They did the restoration. And to walk in and see it, it was just like, it was just night and day. It was just fantastic. So I was really let down by the whole Sistine Chapel thing too, because like you said, it was like the history thing, right? It's yeah. like here yep. you are and you want to relive the whole who was it? Leonardo Michael. da Vinci or oh Michelangelo. Michelangelo. He's on his back and he's like, you know, everybody thinks so oh, he's an idiot and he's gotta draw this big mural on this gigantic ceiling, right? Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna be the best. And here's my experience. We were in a herd and we right. could not stop. <laughs> It, was, it like, was a cattle call. It was a cattle call. It was like the yep. Disneyfication of uh, of the Sistine Chapel. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's kind of yep. sad. <laughs> I wanted to hang out and look at it. Yeah, yeah, but no, yep. that's no, not. They happening. didn't let you do that. That's no. right. They didn't let you do that. You had to sort of keep keep mo- we're moving. We're, we're moving. moving. We're moving. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, so you had fun in law school, at least in I the summers, anyway. Yeah, I did. I, I had a good time. And, um, you know, and, and so law school was, you know, for me, law school was a means to an end. Um, and I right. didn't, it's a I job. didn't do the, Yeah, exactly. I wasn't, it, to me, it wasn't, uh, it was fun because in my, in my perspective of law school, it teaches you what I got out of law school is that it, it really does teach you how to think as a lawyer. Um, but, more than that, it, it was, it was, I wasn't into the academics so I wasn't into the competition. For me, it wasn't a matter of, oh, I got a, all A's or B. The, the grades, I mean, you did well, but that's not, I was never going to be, you know, the, the number one in the class. So that's fine. And the way I always figured it to me was you, you network your way through where you want to be. So that's true. You know, so for me, it was more about you know, connections, take, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And to this day, you know, I'm still very close with a lot of the guys, women, lawyers uh, who were in my graduating class. So we just have stayed in touch over the years. So. So what was your first job out of law school? So my very first job actually out of law school was I did a, I did a clerkship. I did a clerkship for a year. Uh, with the judge in Trenton, New Jersey, right outside of, well, right in Trenton, New Jersey. We were, my wife and I were living in Pennsylvania at the time, but we were, I worked, I did a year's clerkship. And, um, you know, so you, you graduate law school, you take the bar exam. So the bar results come out and I 
you, I took both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And um, so Pennsylvania comes first, and I get this three-by-five card. And to this day, I, I'll never forget. It says, uh, your score, 134, passing score, 135. It's all the, basically, it's all the card set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three, you know, three years of law school, how many months of studying, and you're telling me in a two-day test, there's not a point somewhere that will now allow me to practice law? So wow. I, oh, yeah. So I call, I call the next day thinking, well, there's got to be some form of an appeals process. This is ridiculous. You can't send me this card. Tell me I failed by 50 points. Make me feel better. That I would be okay. Least, yeah. Just exactly. lie to me, please. Lie to me. <laughs> really? I said to the, and I called. I said, you know, so of course there's no appeals process. Yes. Here's your appeals process. You could take it again in February. Terrific. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm like, you better study more. That's right? your appeal like, process. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You send me a card that tells me I failed by a point. Mm. A point. So to this day, I still actually have the three by five card. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a that's a frameable event right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. So, um, so fine. So, so anyway, so I'm I'm and I'm still in the clerkship. So at least you know I'm I got the job. You have a and job, and you took another job. test. So I took a I took the test again in February, but this time I did not take both New Jersey and Pennsylvania, just took New Jersey. Okay. So that was fine. So no problem. And then, um, and then I, after the clerkship, just, it was tough finding lawyer jobs, legal jobs, um, um, in the early nineties. So I actually went and got all of my insurance licenses and uh, started doing uh, insurance sales. I was doing uh, financial planning and insurance sales. Wow. Uh, yeah, for, let's see, almost a year, a little over a year. That's, uh, a little that's over a, a year. bit of a kick in the, in the uh, stomach. It was. It was. <laughs> except, you know what? It, it was you got to do though, what you got to do. Exactly. Right. And yeah. the other part of it too was for me, it was, it was not a problem and it was cold call financial sales. I mean, this was, here's your yellow wow. book, you, you know, start through the white pages and pick up the phone a hundred times a day mm -hmm. and you make phone calls and you know, you, you do Sounds your thing. Sounds like it's a bit of a blessing in disguise, really. It was. And it was, it was also a great training because right. the, you know, you gotta, you know, if you can't do, if you can do that, in my opinion, and sit there and just bang away and get rejected, you know, right, right, times, right, right, right. No. And you kind of have a socially acceptable context in which to do that. Exactly. You know, exactly. and if you hadn't gotten one of those jobs where you're, it's your job and you're getting paid, you know, probably not very well to do these cold calls, right. um, you probably wouldn't think to do that on your own. But exactly. you're still getting the you're going through the process of sort of like recalibrating your limbic system to be able to deal with that much exactly. uh, rejection. Yeah, exactly. Which Absolutely. is huge. Oh, and it was and it was great because you built. You, I mean, talk about building up a tough skin real quick, right? You know, exactly. Um, so as this is going on, I am. You know. You know. You know. I went to law school. I should probably practice law. At least make me think I may not want to do it or do want to do it. So, um, so every now and again, you send out a resume and whatnot. And I remember I, uh, eventually get a letter in the mail from a big firm in, uh, in the Mercer County Trenton area. And, uh, they sent me this letter and said, Oh, we've gotten your resume and we'd like to bring you in for an interview. Great. Oh, so, nice. I, yeah. So I contact the firm and we set up the appointment and, um, you know, and at this time, I, I, you know, my wife's working in Philadelphia, so she's working. We got a condo. Things are going well. The financial sales, they're going good. So I have this 
not uh, just sort of a confidence in the sense of, look, I'll go for an interview, but I've got a job. And, you know, if if you like me and I like you, maybe we can work rather than. Right. Please, you don't have your hat job. in your hand. Exactly. Right. Yes, yes. Exactly. Right. So um, good for you. That's a better yeah, it was bargaining great. position anyway. Sure. It was leverage. Absolutely. Yeah. So I go in for the initial interview, and uh, it's the it's two partners of the firm, and they said, uh, you know, sit down, get through some of the chair. So the older partner says to me, you know, why do you want to do workers' compensation? And honest to God, hand to God, I, I didn't even know what I was interviewing for until he <laughs> asked the question. I did not even know. So, so you, know, you have to reach right. real deep. Real deep, and, you know, without – and I said, you know, well – I said, the reason that I want to do workers' compensation is because as part of my sales now and doing financial, I've had the ability where I can help people. To me, this area of law is one that it will really allow me the opportunity to help more people. Boom, right? And uh, totally on the fly. It sounded great. I was totally on the fly. I had no freaking clue of what workers' comp was. <laughs> Didn't know what the hell I was even interviewing for. And uh, so it was great. So the interview goes well. And then they they send me a uh, – they give me a call a couple days later. And they said, well, look, we'd like you to come in. We'd like you to interview with one of the other associates, a couple of the other associates. I'm like, sure, sure. So go to lunch with a couple of the other associates. We talk, blah, blah, blah. They bring me in for the third interview. And here's so here's the good story. So it's April 1st, 1990. Five. April 1st. Uh, okay. April 1st. All right. 1990. I'm sorry. April 1st, 1996. Okay. So, um, so I go in for the interview and now I'm meeting with the managing partner of the law firm. And, uh, so the interview goes fine and the, uh, human resources person walks me out and I said, uh, you know, how long do you think it's going to be before we might hear? And she's like, well, you know, we have other candidates, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, fine, whatever. Just, you know, let me know. Wow. So um, you're going through the whole system. Right. So okay. I'm thinking that you brought me back now for the third interview. I, I got to sort of be like one of the final candidates. I can't, you can't. Yeah. You're kind of getting like thinking right? you've got it now. Right. So now April 1st is important because that is the same day that Syracuse was playing Kentucky for the national championship. <laughs> so, right. Okay. So, right. So now, so the interview is in Mercer County in Trenton. My wife and I are living in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, which is about a 40 minute drive. So I go back after the interview to the to our condo and she is not yet out of work but our plan was that she was leaving work early she was coming to the condo we'd drive together we were going into philadelphia we were meeting up with the philadelphia alumni club and we were gonna all sit there and watch watch the game so i'm in all so i get changed out of my suit and i put on my syracuse stuff and i got a beer and i'm getting all excited for the game and whatnot and she calls and she's about i don't know half hour away from from home and we're so and so forth so the phone rings and it's the original two partners that I had met with. And they are saying to me, oh, you know, your interview went well today. Um, and the older partner's like, well, however, what we'd really – we have some final questions and we'd really like for you to come back. and We'd like to talk to you tonight. I'm thinking, oh, God, you've got to be – you know, in my head, right? The, the inside <laughs> voice. Inside voice is like, oh, my God, you people are killing me, right? So, so then immediately – I'm saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and in my head, I'm like, all right, I got to get my, out of this. I got to put my suit back on. So I'm yeah. like, I put my suit back on. I got to drive 40 I minutes. I got to undrink this I beer. Can right? I can tell my wife that I'll meet her in Philadelphia. I can go right from there. I, you know, and I've got this whole thing going on. I can this. still make the second half. I could still, right, exactly, right? <laughs> I could still do it. And, uh, and so we get through about five minutes of conversation. Finally, the, uh, the older partner says, uh, April Fool's. 
and uh, would you like a job? So, oh, thank I'm God, like, <laughs> right? So, and I'm I forgot about myself, April Fool's. Listen, Right, so, so thinking, he knew about what? the game then, huh? He knew about the whole. Th- oh, sure, uh, he did because I was telling him, yeah, Syracuse, so. and you're really looking exactly. forward to the game, and oh Please. wow! So this so. is these are the kind of people you kind of want to work with because they're if they're, they're already my- yanking your chain. Exactly right, <laughs> and that's exactly how I did it. So I said, well, listen, that sounds great. I love the opportunity. Let me talk to my wife. Blah blah blah. And the the next day, I called him up, and uh, I started uh, two weeks later. That's a that's a great story. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on. That worked good. out. Yeah, it did. And wow. then I was there. I was there for. I was there for. Let's see. Uh, almost. Uh, almost. Uh, almost eight years. Almost eight years. Yeah, you know, and that I've never gone through the gauntlet like that, and gotten to the end. I've oh, is either, that right? I've either had a job from mm-hmm. the moment I walked in. It's like. I, it was like a done deal. It was like, like the friend thing is like, sure. those, those are the only kinds of jobs I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, you know, like, oh, we're in stage A. And we're, whenever I get into those situations, it's always mm-hmm. like I dry, uh, somewhere along the line, I fall out. Right. Well, and I found later <laughs> on that what they actually really liked was the fact that I was doing sales and calls so that they right. felt that you could really handle many different types of clients and the types of clients that, you know, certainly the area of law sort of exposes. It so to. it definitely so did. Those, that that sale job yep. really helped. Yep. And then the other thing that I was thinking of is all of your days in band geekiness. Sure. Uh, probably helped you be sort of like improvisational, yeah, and and keeping a straight face under pressure because when you screw up in a band, you just got to keep playing. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's what they say. Don't stop. Don't just, stop. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. Nobody. I mean, you're the one who hears it the loudest. So right. y- you may get a person or two out there, but you're the one who heard it the loudest. Nobody yeah, else yeah. is going to really recognize that. So just keep playing. Yeah, I absolutely. did. Uh, I did a musical in high school, and the very and I, and I was singing. You know, singing yep. out loud in front of people in yep. in high school, and um and I and I flubbed up a line right at the end of the very opening song. Yep. And nobody, including the other people on the stage, maybe one other person heard me and made a face, right? Right. They panicked momentarily, right? Right. And I saw that panic and reacted in my head, but the Mm -hmm. words came out out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Right before the applause started, I go, clap, 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 we screwed up. Right. Totally broke character, blew it. Right. Perfect. Right. Oh my God. Oh, you've never been. I. I have never been more harshly jumped upon by mm-hmm. a whole crowd of people saying you can't do that. Right. That's right. the only thing you can't do. Right. <laughs> Is Just lose keep on it. going. Just keep going. Who cares? Just plow exactly. through. Nobody's gonna know. And even if they do, who cares? That, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it works. That works for life too. Sure. Yeah. It's like those cat like I meant to do that. <laughs> and unless, right, exactly. Unless somebody's really on the inside, they're right. not going to know. And Nobody's going to know. You know, who cares? Even exactly. if you know, it, you know. Well, but that I stopping think stopping it and, and going, you're you're right. You're right. Playing yeah, that, playing off a thing that rolls into confidence. Exactly, and I think that that's something that you know you you, you that's an acquired skill, and it's certainly later on in life where you have the ability to sort of do that much more easily. But the uh, 
but at the younger age, it's like, a, you know, because a lot of times in band solo and I'd have solos and you know, you're cranking along and all of a sudden, you know, like I said, the note to you sounds like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did. <laughs> really? You know, and you got to yeah. keep got to keep playing. Everybody yeah. else is playing. So it's, keep on. It's trucking. always magnetized or magnified Absolutely. like times 10. Right. Absolutely. Like you said. Yeah. Absolutely. OK, so what was the what was the next veer after this job? So how, so how long were you there and wh- how did it go? Sure. Uh, the the big veer actually comes really shortly after I get that job. So I start April of 96 and my dad dies that uh, Memorial Day weekend. Aww. So, uh, yep, uh, 52 years old, uh, mm, yeah. died massive, uh, massive heart attack. So for me, that was uh, sort of the next veer because now all of a sudden it was sort of this, you know, y- y- this hierarchy in terms of our family and, and it switched and I was, you know, was, what am I, 24, 25 at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was, that was a difficult, very difficult transition. Um, he and I had gotten very, very close and, and it was sort of at the end because he had traveled and was always working and always traveling and was just not there because he was always working, working, working and sort of got to the almost pinnacle of his career. And, you know, suddenly it's, you know, suddenly it's gone, which creates now how I go about doing things because, um, Having had that background moving all the time and having, you know, him never around and so on and so forth, that was my vow to my future that when I had kids, it would not be like that. And right. so, right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm with the big law firm and, uh, you know, and so let's see, June of 03, they make me a partner. And oh, wow. so, yep. So you make partner and that's fine. And, at that time, I was very frustrated, and I don't want to use the word bored, but my job um, had become very – you could do my job very easily in the sense that I was experienced enough where I knew really what I was doing. Um, there was a lot of support staff, so a lot of things that you know you could just do, and you could just have them do different things. So it was mm. – function of being able to get a job done in a in a short number of hours but until they make you partner you don't get to see any of the numbers so then once they make you partner you start seeing the numbers you're like wait a minute something's way wrong here (laughs) and uh you realize wait a minute i got twice as many clients i'm getting paid half as much so what wait a minute wait so who am i who am i working for here what (laughs) and oh by the way everybody gives you a dirty look if you don't show up on saturday mornings and everybody gives you a look if you leave early to go to a you know to go see your kid or something like that and so it really started for me uh transitioning at that point like yeah this is just not gonna not gonna work so i started you've got two things you've got the culture is not Mm -hmm. you know really where you want to be and then You've got that sort of like dialing in, dialing, dialing it in, phoning it in, sort of I'm not growing exactly. kind of feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. said, I say to people all the time, if I could have the, if I had the genetic makeup of being um, a clock in and clock out person, then I, you never would have left. It would have been the greatest job in the world. Right. 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 But 
DNA, I am absolutely not built that way. And right. so, you know, it, it was at the point where, you know, I'd go to court in the morning and I would literally go watch like a noon movie at the movie theater and I'd get back to the office around two. Nobody asked where you were. Nobody cared what you were doing. <laughs> right. You get, I could get the work done and the subsequent work in the afternoon, see some people, get the phone calls done, you know, do what you got to do in about three or four hours. And at six o'clock, I was able to walk out the door. I mean, it was crazy. Um, so, and that's just not who I was. So I was, yeah. you know, bored to tears and, and, um, and so for me, it just, it, there was an itch and, 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 you know, my wife gets a little nervous every time I say, uh, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh boy. So, um, <laughs> always supportive, but, oh, you know, and at the time, you know, supportive, I had, but scared. Absolutely. Well, look, we had, it was funny cause we well, not funny. We had, uh, we it's had funny now. Funny now, it's all good Scary now. Scary then, yeah. Scary as heck, because I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So, wow. yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I said, look, it's, it's, I got to do it. I got to do it now. I was young enough, and, and I had enough, you know, I had enough. I knew, I did, I knew enough, and I, and I didn't know how frightening right. it really could be. You didn't know, so, you didn't know. Exactly right. And, that, and that, that's so the perfect combination of absolutely. go out and do something pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I kept saying to her, I kept saying to her, I said, look, what's if I'm not going to do it now, if right. I don't do it now, I'll never do it. Never do it. And I yeah. said, what's the worst that's going to happen? Worst going to happen is going to fail. If you it, fail, it you go back work. to work. Exactly. I'll go find yeah. a job. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So and uh, 13 years later, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so worked out, worked out. It well. worked out. It worked it out. So. How was it really, really scary in the first couple of years, or did it did sure. it kind of pan? Oh, okay, good. Oh no, scary. Oh no, please. I, there's no, there's no, there's no I, easy way to get to thirteen no. years later. <laughs> no. God no, hell no. But so uh, when know. we, so it was, you know, and of course, you know, so now I punch the, I punch the eight. Well, so there was a bit. It was the big firm in the county. So you know, you leave and and and. When you leave a firm, I was a partner, so I could, after I left, notify the clients that I was representing that I had left, and they had the ability to make a choice as to whether they wished to retain the services of my new firm Ooh. or stay with the old firm. There's a really nice benefit of being partner then. Absolutely. All right. So you can't we do had, that if you're not partner. If you're an associate, you can't do that. Right. So they had made me partner. So I had a complete list of all the clients I had represented and was currently representing all the names, addresses, emails, and all that stuff. So we so had a base. I did have a base. We sent out the letters. And in about two months, the managing partner of my old firm actually filed an ethics complaint against me, uh, alleging that while I was working at the firm, uh, I was soliciting clients to not open their files while I was at the big firm and that wait until I left and then doing it there. So I had to go through a year's ethics investigation. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. Um, they made it exceptionally difficult. Every file that decided, every person that decided to come with me, um, they would file an attorney's lien, a fee lien against every single one. Um, they were sending attorneys um, wow. on, to fight for a bigger portion of the attorney's fees on the cases that we were then eventually resolving. Oh yeah, they made it. They made it very, very as difficult as you could possibly make it. They they made it that difficult. So, wow. Yeah. So was, you know, you're great for eight years, and then you're you know a pos uh, immediately <laughs> after. 
after after you've left. So, uh, Ouch. yeah, yes. yeah. You know, you, well, you found out quickly who who really who really was. Uh, and these were the people that made you partner. Sure, made you wow. partner. It's you like a break. Houses, dying. It's, yeah, like it it's like a marriage. Work divorced. Yes, Correct. absolutely. So, so they I, weren't going to make it easy. Correct. Punch them in the nose, and they weren't happy about it. So, um, <laughs> ouch. Yeah. So, but it, it was great because when that, when of course, and uh, you know, it's funny because uh, before I had left, I actually had served for four years on the ethics committee, so I knew what the rules were and I knew exactly what we couldn't couldn't do. So what was funny was when the investigator wrote the final report and basically chastised the all the my former firm for mm. in fact having done what they had done. Um, the greatest part of that was when I got the decision, I made sure that I sent a copy to each of the partners who had filed the complaint against me with a little note saying, listen, I didn't know if you got a copy of this. I just thought you'd be interested. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a, nice a nice way of saying, listen, you know, I'm just still in, just, here. Just in case you didn't get this. Just Here's in a little and I did. It was a hand, absolutely. It was a handwritten <laughs> note on my new letterhead saying, listen, I just, in case you hadn't gotten a copy, I thought that you'd find this interesting. You know, look forward to talking to you soon. Kind of. A, it was a total smart ass letter. It was great. I love it. I love it. Listen, so, why not? Yeah. So your first year or so or 18 months were lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like the old phrase, anything that doesn't kill you makes you makes you stronger. And it was also actually, right. you know, again, in retrospect, going through it, it was one of those things where it was an absolute fuel as if it wasn't if, if there wasn't already right. enough of an enthusiasm to succeed. The fact that they were trying to crush me made it even that much more like you're not getting rid of me and you get that attitude like yeah okay let's go you know i'm i'm here and i'm not going anywhere so for it was actually you know you look back on the experience and you say yeah when you're going through it it really sucked and it was nerve-wracking and it was like am i even going to be able to do this or am i going to have to go get a cdl and drive a truck for a living <laughs> or <laughs> you or, know and it, Right. Yeah. Or, and, it, and it did. It, it just completely fueled the fire of, of uh, wanting to Again, wanting the, to the lawsuit probably helped you. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It but, would have been but, better if they hadn't. <laughs> sure. Maybe. I mean, it, you know, Maybe. listen. You can't really it, question that, though, really. Well, there's enough to worry about without having to also worry about whether or not somebody's going to try and take your law license. I, so. I think I think that kind of like goes with the deal, though, when you're, you know, dealing with the law. They're like... Oh, you know what? We're lawyers. <laughs> we can oh, listen, sue that lawyers, guy. Oh, please. Come on. Lawyers lawyers are some of the worst when it comes to any of this stuff. The vindictive well, and that's sort why, of behavior. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, too, because, you know, look, that's why the way I categorize it's myself power, is- It's their power. It's their power sure. move. Yeah. We're in our forum. I mean, we're right. the gladiators. Right. Okay. Exactly. So this is, this is our forum. We know how to, we know how to beat the crap out of each other. Okay. Right. <laughs> so you want to do it? Let's go. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. I, I know no... how to play this game. Let's sure. go. Sure. Yeah. Right. You're not intimidating me. Let's right, go. Right. 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 Um, and I had known that, we, and the best part about it was that I knew that we were absolutely in the right. So there wasn't. So you, even though you know at the end it was going to work in our favor, you still got to go through that anxiety of, well, what is some investigator going to think? Are they going to see through this? You know, and that kind of thing. So, right, right, right. Yeah. So it was an interesting, interesting times, interesting times. But <clears throat> So uh, how long – so you've been at it 13 years. 13 years on my own, yep. 
And uh, and how many partners do you have now? I know there's Gaylord and Gaylord there's Pop. And there's Pop. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and yeah. so we have, I have five other attorneys that work with us. Um, and uh, so again, the way I look at, um, the way I look at the way in which we practice law um, and why I call myself an entrepreneur and podcaster and then, oh yeah, by the way, I, I happen to use the practice of law as the way in which I make a living yeah. is because to me, I think attorneys are, are really good lawyers. I think a lot of attorneys are really bad business people. Right, and right, right. I think that, you know, it's like a doctor, like a dentist, like a chiropractor, you know, they're really good at what they do. Um, you know, but when it comes to having to do all of the things that make a successful business and with no training, it, you, you, just, you go back to that, well, I do a good job. People should just come to me. Right. Uh, so that's why I say that in, in our environment, in my firm, um, it is a matter of we're entrepreneurs. Um, I have lawyers that work with us. Everybody is called a partner. Um, they are my partners. Um, and we have agreements with each of them that provides for their ability to have unlimited earning potential based on their own entrepreneurial spirits. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Way to flip the script. <laughs> yep. Yep. So and, you can, and you're, you can, you're also into that whole, like making sure that, uh, they're not going to have a, a heart attack at 52. Absolutely. And have a life, right? And that's, and that's the whole premise of the whole thing. It's right. Exactly. I don't care. Like to me, I treat people the way I want to be treated. So the way I look at it is from the standpoint of it's like nobody, the attorneys in the office, nobody has to ever tell me where you are or what you're doing. I presume you're either doing something that's required, you're doing your work, you're being professional, uh, or if you have a family thing or if you have a social event or whatever it is, I'm not looking, I'm not anybody's den mother. We're way beyond that and if if i right. have to be that you're not going to work for me very very long yeah exactly if it, if it, if you're gonna nitnoy you know you're in the wrong business a right right <laughs> yeah and if it gets out of hand then there's there's two things they're either going to be fired or they need a help they need some help absolutely, Those absolutely. Are, so it's kind of a binary thing you know it, it, you're wasting a whole lot of time and energy being sure. that that nanny Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. Exactly. And that's it. And then by far, that is the last thing that I'm going to be is anybody's. I am way beyond being anybody's watch person. nanny. Right. And that's why it's not about FaceTime. I could care less that none of that bothers me. If you're getting your job done, you're doing your job. That's fine. If you want to make yeah. your salary and that's all you want to do, that's fine. That's fine because you're still making me money. If you want to go out there and build a practice, I'm going to support you 100 percent. And we have an agreement in place and X, Y, Z. And, you know, everybody makes money. The more money you make, the more money I make. So everybody's happy that way. Um, so how did you get into podcasting? OK, so it's somewhat of a I am. I, I started, so I was, when I first started, I was absolutely like, you know, the other lawyers and I had the bad, the bad ad in the yellow book and I had the, you okay. know, I knew right. nothing about right. marketing and every person that said, oh yeah, you got to do this and you got to spend this and you got to have the two page ad. And you got to be oh. on Facebook and, right. and all that other, all of these guys. Right. 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 Oh, and, and you're, you're not doing YouTube. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, eight emails a day and it says, oh, yeah. you know, so um, about four, four years ago, uh, four and a half years ago, I was actually at a, um, uh, three day real estate boot camp by a guy by the name of, uh, Ron Legrand, who's, uh, sort of a real estate guru. Okay. And through the course of the three days, he must've mentioned a guy by the name of Dan Kennedy, probably eight or nine times. I've heard of Dan Kennedy. 
right? Okay. Big so, marketing guy. Yeah, exactly. Direct sale marketing, mm-hmm. big copyright, direct mail. Um, and so I'm like, well, if this guy is sort of the guru in this practice and he's mentioning this guy, that's probably somebody I should look at. So while we're sitting there, I'm, I'm online and he has this introductory thing. If you want to sign up, you get this huge package of stuff. And um, I'm like, great. Okay. So I sign up. They got my email. They'll market to me for the rest of my life. So I get, before I even get back from the real estate thing, I get this huge box of all these marketing things. And I, I open them up and I'm all excited. And I'm, I go through it and I must understand, you know, maybe 10% of what the heck he's talking about, right? Okay. And I'm not, I, 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 I'm not really that creative in terms of like, I am a stick figure, you know, to me, the white walls are fine. <laughs> you know, that, that's sort of my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I'm with that, you. You know, my creative is in music. I can't see. Audio verbal. Sort of yeah. Right. My yeah. wife can see the, oh, if we move this wall and we put this here yeah. and I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't I don't, see that. I don't even care. Right. right. <laughs> Whatever you want, dear. Right. Exactly. You do. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so I look, so I go through the materials and there's a section, there's one section and it's, it's for professionals. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. Something for me. Not that you, because I couldn't understand how is the plumber applying to me? I couldn't get that. Right. right so right. I go to the professional section. I'm going to read through that. So I read through it and some of it makes sense. I'm like, wow, that's really good. So then they give some examples of what's a bad ad and what's a good ad. And I look at what the bad ad is and I look at my ad and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me right that's, there. I'm, doing, I'm the bad I'm ad. I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> I'm doing everything wrong. Perfect. Um, well, at least you know so, where you are. You are now. Right? Yeah. I was, there was nowhere but up. Right. So, right. Um, so I really start to study because that's, for me, that's always the way that I have. Um, yeah. Uh, sort Academic of a, nerd. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I bring it on. I want more and more and more. So I go through the process of really starting to study this. And as I get into it, and learning about direct mail marketing and how to really do an ad and have a call to action and all the all the you know sort of buzzwords about marketing. Right. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can't be. I, I, I'm a smart guy, but I'm really wouldn't call myself the brightest bulb on the porch. Sure. There's much more smarter people out there than I am. So let me take a look real and see if there's a lawyer that's done this before. Sure enough, boom, there it is. So I type lawyer and I type Dan Kennedy and poof. Pops great legal marketing in Ben Glass. So plug for Ben Glass. And uh, <laughs> ben Glass. So, All right. Ben Glass. There you go. And uh, so I immediately join his program. And uh, and uh, once I so start, so he's the- training lawyers and attorneys to be better Mar- businessmen, marketing, be better marketers, marketers, yeah, better okay. marketers. And uh, and so that and everybody was, needs to do that. Absolutely. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that was about uh, that was about three. Three and a half, four years ago, I started that journey, and uh, and so that's now, when you, where you met our mutual friend. I did. Okay. I met I met Dave there at okay. Dave Freeze, and uh, plug Dave Freeze, and uh, Dave Freeze, <laughs> plug plug Dave Freeze, and um, yeah, so met Dave there, and I have uh, and last year competed for the Marketer of the Year for Great Legal Marketing. So wow, um, yeah. Yep, uh, one of four finalists and came in second place. So it was pretty, pretty big, pretty special. So now, is this something that most of these activities you're doing yourself, or is this part of a? <clears throat> is there a marketing team, or are you all on the marketing team? I am. How does that I work? Am, right. So I am the marketing team, but okay. what 
But what I have learned is that in order to uh, be successful and be able to scale, you need to put that team to work for you. So, um, so through some of the different things, I have some virtual assistants that. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that do specific. Because there's a lot of things that take a lot of work. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. And my thing and is, you know, that, like now that you have your own podcast, it's right. setting. Once you get it set up. It's yeah. It's pretty easy to maintain, right. but the setup part is like, oh my goodness, right? Going a million different experience. things. Yeah. Yep. And that's always for each of the different things. So right. now we have all these other. Now we have all these other marketing outlets. But you, the you know the way I do it is I learn it. Now I know how it does it. And then once I learn it, now I can get somebody can to do it because it I can it's teach a little it. Bit automated. Show right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You it's have to set up the system and the process yep. and, and then, yeah. And then you just iterate that. So it's yep. like, okay, I'll go pick a new thing now. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, that's uh, cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so that's, and then, uh, the podcast started, uh, April of last year because again, it was just, uh, you get to the point where, you know, all this mark, you're starting to learn all these marketing things. And as part of that, there's a true exposure um, to a lot of voices that are some business, you know, some business, some marketing, uh, some mindset type uh, people. And I read a book, uh, which really sort of was the inspiration of it, which is a book written by a guy by the name of Peter Diamantis uh, called Abundance. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. And it talks about, um, talks about gratitude. And it sort of resonated with me very well in the sense that um, I try to always, both in the practice of law, with my family, friends, I'm my first question is somebody, how can I help you? What can I do? Right. And, um, and I have just found that with that kind of spirit and, and it's a genuine thing. I don't ever, you know, it's, I don't ever look to get anything in return when I ask the question. Right, right, right. It's from a place. When it comes from uh, a genuine sort of authentic sort of desire to help somebody else succeed, it's magnetic. Yep. And that's the law practice doctor because it's, I don't, uh, I don't have advertising on the podcast. I don't, you know, brought to you yeah. by, you know, Verizon. Uh, it, we just, I just don't do that because to me it's, it's very simple. It's a matter of, um, uh, providing information in the areas of mindset, marketing, money management, and managerial operations, the four M's of how to, in my opinion, create a successful law firm. So, um, you know, eventually I'll, I'm, I've written a book, um, uh, sort of a money management book and, mm. um, being on a marketing one and, and some mindset stuff. But, um, the podcast was just a way to, and what you learn as I'm sure you well know that you can take all of these materials. And if you're an audio or a visual person by way of either podcast or recording or video or videos that you're doing for marketing purposes, you can grab all of those. You can transcribe them. You yeah. create oh, chapters yeah. of a book. And they're multimedia for sure. Multimedia. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Because once you make, and I think it's important to pick something that you, you like doing, mm-hmm. say like, I really like uh, talking and having conversations. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to write a blog. <laughs> right. That feels like work to me. Now I couldn't agree more. I will, I will take it. Uh, maybe I'm not doing this now, but I can imagine if this takes off, 
I would, if I were going to do that, I would just have this transcribed and then make that into a blog post. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's another the the reuse of of your. I, I hate the word, but content in that in that in that instance, it's sure. it's okay because sure. that's what you're doing with it. You know. Yep. It's marketing yep. content, and that's exactly right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's and again, it's you know. It, you can look at it from two ways. You can look at it from the standpoint of, uh, you know, that's kind of almost salesy. But the way I look at it, it's 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 actually a responsibility. I have some good information, and right. I have felt as an attorney, it is not only my obligation, but it's my responsibility to make sure that I can provide that information to other people. That's how I look at it. So if I put a blog post and I have social media attached to that, and it all works its way back to the website, and people find the website. Yeah, it's marketing. It's a little salesy, but the reality but the is, 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 yeah, that's you, how people have to find the information. I, I think I think if it's good that you're you're learning each new piece of the marketing puzzle on mm-hmm. your own because I'm pretty sure your heart's in the right place. So that mm-hmm. means it's going to be grounded in that in that principle of uh, gratitude mm-hmm. from the that's beginning. Right. You know, that's right. And now, and that's sort of like the deslimification. <laughs> Of Good sales one. and marketing, I think, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Because well, absolutely. Because, I mean, we all know, buy stuff. You know, sure. there's nothing wrong with that. But we don't. I, I think it's a good thing that it's changing. And, and I couldn't agree more. And, yeah. and I think it's changing because the consumers are getting smarter. They're getting more adept at being able to understand that somebody is in fact marketing to them. Right. And the right. number of marketing messages that between somebody's cell phone, email, television, you know, you name it, we get bombarded all day long by a constant uh, barrage of advertising and marketing. And people, you know, can smell, they can smell a phony. Right. Right. Well, anybody interrupting you now is, you know, that's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Pardon yeah. me. I'd like to sell you now. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah. that's over place, you know? Well, and that's, and that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, I, I use the example when I, t- I, I talk to other attorneys, I use the example. I said, listen, you're, you're not walking into a room of somebody you've never met before walking up to a woman and saying, let's get married. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So right. it's the same thing. If you're doing that in yeah. a sales, like you go to a network meeting and somebody says, here's my card. I'd love to schedule a meeting with you. I'm like, whoa, back up brush fire. What do you do? <laughs> Who are you? Why should I even be talking to you? Do yeah. I do I have red lipstick on and I'm in my swing exactly. in my purse? You know, right, yeah. right. So uh, it's you know, and wow. you have to. I think you have to really be mindful of the fact right. that you know success in that thing is. Listen, that's fine, but you know, you know, I do it from the standpoint of listen. You know, Sam Kaylor. You know, what do you do? This is what I do. How can I help you? And that's always one of my, within the first three questions. What is it that I can do to help you? How can I help you? And yeah. and that just, like I said, I treat people the way I want to be treated. It's like the opposite of the having the hidden agenda and secretly wanting to get into your wallet. Yep. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> This has yep. been a blast. So people can find out more about everything Sam Gaylord has going on. Okay, so gaylordpop.com is all the law practice. Correct. And then say the name of the podcast again. It's the Sure. It's the Law Practice Doctor. And it's there's the website is the T H E the Law Practice Doctor.com. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so if you're practicing law and you want to learn some marketing tips and other tips, then check that podcast out too. Thanks, Sam. 
This Absolutely is, the pleasure. You know, uh, I thanks David too because he, right. he introduced me to a great guest. So thanks. Well, this I was a blast. I'm glad Jed fought. I had a blast. I had a great time. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Take Talk care. To you soon. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.